630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, two players not known for scoring enough last season as members of the Edmonton Oilers do all the scoring tonight as members of the Calgary Flames. The Flames beat the Oilers 3-2 in the preseason finale. Toby Reeder with two goals. Milan Lucic with the other one on the power play. Reeder last season, of course, 67 games as an Oiler did not score, and Lucic had only six last season. For the Oilers, they did rally from 2-0 down in the third to tie it. Two goals in 31 seconds. Haas and Cassian scoring. Nygaard assisted on both goals. That line showed some energy, but it's ultimately Reeder getting the game winner with 5.39 left in the third. Brody took the shot, went in off Reeder past Koskinen. So the Oilers in this preseason were at the record of 3-4. and four. They start for real on Wednesday night when they host the Vancouver Canucks. Rob, well, let's start with uh, some good signs here for the Oilers tonight. And as I mentioned, uh, put together there, Haas... Cassian and Nygaard uh, really got some pressure going in the third, and actually Cassian had a lot of chances today. Yeah, he did. He he probably had four or five grade A scoring chances in this game, which uh, there, there's nights he plays with McDavid and Drysdale. He doesn't get half that many. Uh, and and I, I, in all honesty, too, I, I when I talked to Bob after the game, Cassian may have found himself in a position where he might be better suited for the others playing with a Haas and a Nygaard or something along that line because he can drive a line. He's got the ability. Uh, and their bottom six would be stronger with him in it. And then you can open something up on the first line with McDavid and Dreisel. Not to say that it was going to happen, but it was a little curious that back-to-back games Cassian has played in the bottom six. And tonight was a game Leon Dreisaitl was in the lineup and you didn't see Cassian up there playing with them as a pair like we usually see when Nugent Hopkins and Neil play together or when Dreisaitl and, and McDavid do. So uh, it is an option for for Tippett going forward. And, and I think what he saw in the third period he liked, and Cassian was excellent. And the thing that is different from the bottom six this year is what they're hoping anyways mm-hmm. than in the past is their speed in the bottom six. Cassian can play with pace. He is a fast skater, and if you get guys in the bottom six that can play with space with pace as well, you're going to be much more effective. And uh, Cassian, I, I, I'm not sure he's going to see it the same way, but he may have played himself into a bottom six role because he was so good tonight. For the second straight game, the Oilers with a huge shot advantage in the third period, 16-3 tonight over the Flames, though unfortunately one of the Flames' uh, three shots went in. They outshot Winnipeg 15-3, uh, getting three goals in the third period in Winnipeg the uh, the other night. 28-22, the final shots for the Oilers this evening. They were 1-5 for five on the power play. The Flames were 1-4. for four. Ethan Bear played again on the back end for the Oilers, had a big game in Winnipeg two days ago. Bear tonight, 19:01. Get credit for an assist. Did take a penalty tonight. Didn't have a shot on goal. Had a couple blocks. Uh, wasn't as electric as he was the other night. Uh, he did get burnt the one time. I think it was Bennett that walked him, turned him outside in. And he, I think the things that you're going to find with Ethan Barry, he's going to have to continue to work in his own end. Uh, I think when the puck is on his stick, he usually makes good reads. He can put the puck on net from the point, uh, as we saw in the one where he got the assist. Just a nice outlet pass to get the to get the play going. Those things he's capable of doing, but he's still, as much as he's made strides in his game over the last couple of years in the minors, there is a big difference between playing in your own end against guys at the AHL level and then now playing against guys that are NHL stars. And tonight the Calgary Flames had a good lineup. I don't think they played their best, but they posed different problems for Ethan Bear down low. And that's just something he's going to have to adapt to and get better at and improve at. Uh, I still believe he will be with Oscar Kleffbaum in the opening night roster. But there's things in his game he still has to correct and, and improve to go forward to become a consistent player at this level. All right, 3-2, the Flames take it. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. But first, back to Calgary. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Uh, Dave, uh, shot totals today by period 3-9-16. Was it just a matter of offense not generating too many chances early? Actually, the shot attempts, we were ahead. We weren't hitting the net. We missed the net three or four times. Uh, their goaltender made a couple real good saves for them early, but third period we uh, were able to kind of come through get a couple goals but 
uh, like we've seen a couple times in the preseason here, a critical mistake has hurt us. If you're, when you're able to generate a little bit more momentum, a little bit more shots on target in the third period, is that something you guys can maybe use to build on heading into opening week next week? No, exhibition's over. we got to start new on Monday. Not start new. We, we found out a lot about our team in the last two weeks or three weeks, so we know where we stand. We know the people that we think can fit uh, with our club. Now we'll just mold it together and get going. Now, just on an individual assessment, what did you think of Joachim Nygaard? He was very good tonight. Quick on pucks, tenacity, real real strong tonight. On Haas. Haas was that's the best game by a mile he's played here, right? So we'll, we'll evaluate. We'll, we're going to meet uh, tomorrow, and we'll see where everything gets to. So did you have lots of questions answered tonight, or was it one of those where you no, still, it, it's, still thinking, oh, well, uh, these they, people are even. Say two players are even. Uh, you... you you know, you continue to evaluate all the way through, and this game is just another one of those pieces you put in to, to make sure you have all the information. Um, you know, we'll sit down with Kenny and we'll go through things and we'll see where it, see where it uh, washes out. But, you know, some good play by Nygaard tonight. Um, Haas, that's his best game he's played, played so far. So uh, it's great that these guys give you something to, you know, they got lots to play for. There's a lot of players out there that aren't playing for much. These guys got lots to play for, and they show up and, and give you what they got. So it allows you to get a real evaluation of where they're at. Yurko? Uh, Yurko's not as good tonight. Not bad, but uh, had lots of power play time. Our power play wasn't very good tonight. We didn't uh, generate a lot. But uh, but Yurko's been pretty good throughout the whole camp. Cassie, you started him with a role-playing line, but you played so well. You yeah, I jumped up. I, I like doing that. The guy jumps out and plays well. He's got to get more ice time. That's, that's the way. The way that's the way it works. Yeah. No, it's it's the way everybody has to play. You know, there's you play well, you're going to get ice time. There's not a coach in the world that wants to have a guy that's playing really well sitting on the bench. Uh, first game and okay, you, you can tell he's got he's got he's got some smarts. You know, with uh, um, penalty kill was pretty good, but uh, but not not bad, not bad. Uh, I know Sam well enough. But I'm, I'm looking at the guys that that are we're really evaluating right now. So do you, in your mind, then have you're going into the season? Okay, I got. I know who these are, the 12 forwards, and but I'm not sure where they're going to be on what lines. Well, I think there's probably you could make a case for probably more than 12. Say 14. Yeah, but it's just it's just a matter of. You're going to have to find rhythm in your lines and your, you know, the, the roles, people in the right roles. And there's a rhythm that your lineup goes, especially when you have power plays, penalty killing. There's a rhythm that you, that you can, you got to be aware of how you're going to flow. And uh, those are, those come into the sum of the decisions. Your skill level, overall skill level, team speed, uh, how quick do you hound pucks. How well do you know the structure where we're going to play? All those evaluations come into play. So when you don't play Connor and you don't play uh, Nuge, that's what you're looking for is a little bit more. Okay, so you, some of you guys step up then offensively. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. When they're not there. Exactly, so. exactly. And, uh, and some that's, did. Some did tonight, right? Like some, some grasped the opportunity tonight and played well. All right, that's head coach Dave Tippett, uh, Jim Matheson from uh, Post Media doing most of the questions there. Thanks to EdmontonOilers.com for that audio as the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Calgary Flames. He said he knows he knows Sam Sam Gagne well enough that he knows what uh, what he can do, and we talked about that on the face-off show. It's, it's not always fair, but vets get a little more leeway, and if you have a poor preseason, you might say, okay, he wasn't this guy tonight, but he's been this guy two, three hundred, four hundred games uh, uh, in in his career. He, he has talked a lot about finding players who can fill roles. Who's going to do this? Who's going to be this maybe type of specialist, or who can I rely on here? I, I will say that there's two players in my mind, Rob, that sort of embrace that in the preseason, 
And that's Riley Shane and Josh Archibald, who killed penalties effectively for the most part. Shane had a couple really good nights in the face-off circle. And, you know, Shane got a goal, kind of a funny one, went off, went off his helmet. I, to me, other than those two guys in the bottom six, now, again, Cassian may wind up there to start the season. I'm still sort of wondering who's going who's gonna to fit in where and be relied on for what. Well, I honestly don't know if any talked about it. Someone, I think Jim asked the question, the 12 guys, and right away Dave, Dave Tippett said, well, I'd, I'd have 14. They might have a, a bit of a rotation to start the season too. I know that as a player, opening night is huge. You want to be out there. It's a special night. First game of the season is always special. There's excitement in the building. There's a buzz in the dressing room. You want to be part of that. But just because the preseason is over doesn't mean the evaluation is over. So there could be an eight-guy rotation for six spots in the bottom six to start the season. And actually, there still could be a rotation up front as well in the top six with a, a couple of wingers. I don't think... I think they are probably fairly certain on the 14 forwards that they want. I'm not sure they're positive on which guys are going to play each and every night. I mean, tonight, Haas and, and, and Nykaard played very, very well and probably boosted their value. But a guy like uh, Russell wasn't in the lineup and has been excellent. Mm-hmm. So does now all of a sudden these two guys played well. I, you know, maybe they could, that's the way it'll start the season. They'll play as a line with Cassie, who knows. But then a guy like Russell, you do not want him sitting out for very long if he does sit out because he has been so excellent in the preseason as well. So I think they know who they want as the 14. And it's just still a lot is put in by the media. And sometimes even the players themselves when they say, okay, I'm the odd man out. The odd man out for one game might only be one game in the next 81 you play straight so it's hard looking at the big picture but I think Dave Tippett and the coaching staff has a pretty good idea of who they want and what roles they want them to play in and again a little bit on Sam Gagne I think what he's saying there too is he not so much Gagne gets extra leeway because he's a vet he just knows what he is as a player so it doesn't really matter I'm not saying he, he might this is all we're getting from him maybe he knows what his ceiling is and knows, okay, you know what, he is something that we can use at some point, but I don't think he's got his name written in ink in any line as well. I think that there's other guys who have, at times, outplayed him in the preseason as well. All right, Oilers lose 3-2 to the Calgary Flames. Their final record in the preseason is 3-4. 780-496-0063. We have Jared standing by. Go ahead, Jared. Hi, guys, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, I had a question for Rob based on what you were saying in the pregame about Ethan Bear how he has to keep proving himself every game. So it's kind of two questions. At what point, like from your experience, do you think the coach says, like Dave Tippett says, Ethan Bear has got my confidence as a coach, and he doesn't have to keep... Uh, you have to keep proving yourself, but where you he can have a bad game and he still gets put out there. So let's say uh, a good defenseman like Drew Doughty, he gets to a point where it doesn't even matter if he screws up he's still going to be out there. Okay, well, to, to answer that question before you answer, you ask the next one, Matt Benning right now still gets evaluated on a nightly basis, and he's still, when he has a bad game, there's chances he could be in and out of the lineup. And this is yeah. what, Matt's third year with a team? Fourth year, third year? I'm not going even sure. Going into his fourth year. Going into his fourth year. So I don't think it's five games, 10 games, 40 games, 80 games, until they get to the point where their consistency is... 85, 95% of the time you get the exact same out of him. So he's got a long ways to go before he gets that because of Matt Benning, who is a three-year pro going into his fourth year, he still has to prove himself each and every night to be able to get into the lineup the next game. So so with, like, they, he's watching Ethan Bear. Yep. And Ethan Bear got two goals the other night. And tonight, I just listened to parts of the game on the radio. He maybe didn't play as well. No. But at, at this point, is Dave Tippett looking for more of his in the defensive zone that uh, Ethan Bear is more solid, or does he still keep expecting him to produce like offense? Like, which is more important? Do you think in Dave Tippett's eyes that he's more solid in his own end with a little bit less offense, but then for a guy like Ethan Bear, he still has to do something like a little more outstanding in order to make the team. So it's kind of. It's a little bit not like a contradiction, but he, he has to play well offensively 
but he's still at the same time the defensive play is still more important. The, the, it's defensive play is more important. The thing is, Ethan Bear doesn't have to do anything exceptional offensively because he is he is good offensively. So it's not like he has to go out there and do something special when he has the puck on his stick because most of the times when the puck on his stick, he makes good plays. So they like that part of his game. They don't need him to do more than he's capable of doing. They just need him to continue offensively doing what he usually does. What they need him to be able to do is make better reads in his own end, uh, be strong in his own end, uh, be good as, a, as an outlet. Like There's a lot of things that he has to work on, and a lot of it's just experience. The more he plays, the more he's going to figure it out. It's a completely different league, the National Hockey League, than the minors. The players are bigger, faster, smarter, and he's just got to continue to learn. So that's what they're looking with, with him. They don't, they don't need him. To, they're not expecting goals every night, but yeah. they are expecting him to be solid defensively every night. If he can't play in his own end, he won't play in the National Hockey League. So you would say that just his his overall offensive instincts is what beat him out for like uh, Bouchard or Caleb Jones. That was the main reason, just a little bit better puck mover. Well, I th- I think he was just all round better than Jones. I, I think Jones was had a very mm, nondescript type of preseason. He didn't really notice him. I think with Bouchard, Bouchard's got a much higher ceiling. And Bouchard right now is better offensively than than Bear. Bouchard is actually, I think, the best offensive player already on the back end the Oilers have. But Bouchard needs, he needs some seasoning in the minors. And it might be 20 games, 30 games, 40 games, and he might get called up and be up for the rest of his career. But he still, he needs to learn. And he's just a young kid, and that, that'll come with time. But Bear, I don't think Bear will ever be as good offensively as Bouchard is. Because Bouchard is special when the puck's on his stick. Okay, thanks for uh, the answers, Rob. Thank you. Good to hear from you, Jared. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers lose three two to the Calgary Flames. I mean, we should mention it. I mentioned it off the top. I mean, I don't know if you have any further thoughts on it, Rob. But can you believe Reader gets two, Lucci gets one <laughs> for Calgary tonight? People were. I was looking on Twitter. People were joking that. Maybe the Flames will put Cam Talbot out on uh, forward or something to try to get him a goal. Um, yeah, it's it's just funny. Honestly, it's just funny for all the problems that those two players had last year in Edmonton, all the scoring they took, all of the, the phoning talk show phone calls that we got about those two. But I don't know if over the last... We've done this a lot, a lot of years together. How many times have we seen ex-Oilers come in and score goals they have been in droughts with their own teams yet somehow coming against the Oilers just opens the floodgates for them so uh, as funny as it is uh, I don't honestly don't even know if it's unexpected anymore um, and, and I'm in true honesty I, I really hope that Reader has a bounce back year this year I uh, nobody should have to go through what he did last year so I hope he has a bounce back year in Calgary uh, Milan Lucic um, again, I, I wish him success, but tonight again, there was there were t- moments in this game where you're like looking at him, like yeah, that's that's what we remember: the puck bouncing off his stick, turning the puck over in the offensive zone. Um, he did get the power play goal, but it's funny; it was a funny one where he actually didn't stand in front of the net like he's supposed to. But on this time, the puck did bounce to him. Um, we'll see. I mean, this that's going to be one closely watched the entire year: how Neil and Lucic do, because that was a big trade. 3-2 Calgary over Edmonton tonight, 780-496-0063. We have Tony on line two. Tony, go ahead. Hey, boys. How's it going? Doing well. So, uh, question. Well, first uh, comment. Bear, you know, every, t- every time I hear that he's improved, you know, there's always something on the game, on this game. But this year, I see that he has become a lot better. Like, he's making smart passes. He's making, you know, he just, honestly, yeah, he is an overall better player than what he was last year. So starting for, so Oilers start Wednesday, right? Yep. Who would you put in that? Koskinen after tonight's performance or would you put Smith in after uh, Winnipeg? I'd, I would put in Smith because he has had the better career. I, I mean, I, that might sound silly. I mean, they're both guys coming off kind of down seasons. I would put in Smith. He's more of a known quantity. Tippett knows him. 
and his puck moving is quite frankly a, a wild card that helps the team a lot. I'd put in Smith as well. Um, because for me, like when I like, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but in my opinion, because Liney uh, and uh, and Connor weren't in the lineup for the Jets, I felt like Calgary was a better team than the Jets were. But that's just because they're missing some key components. So you would still go with Smith, even though. You know, we basically face the team that Calgary's going to be coming in on uh, to the season with. Yeah, but uh, you got to look at the, the the chances too. Calgary didn't play very good, so that Calgary not playing good's not so much on Koskin, and that's on the players that played in front of Koskin played very well tonight. They they the third period they absolutely dominated. So, uh, I I think Koskinen will start on Wednesday. I personally would play Smith. Who would you play, Tony? To be honest, I would play Smith because McDavid and him, like, if McDavid's going down the boards, you can, he, Smith can, like, really shoot it down to them, and him and Dreisler can have a two-on-one. I don't mind costing him, but I just feel like, in a certain way, that Smith is an overall better goaltender than Koskinen is. Yeah, well... He, he certainly has been, and I mean, I think there's a lot of... Thanks, Tony. There's a lot of question marks about Koskinen after last season. I, I mean, I, I still think that that is the biggest question mark mm-hmm. on the Oilers, is the goaltending. And, and I realize we can talk about the defense, and, and we have been a lot, and we can pick apart this guy's game and this guy's game. We can definitely talk about depth scoring. That's a huge story. But as we've seen, and, and, and Tippett has, has referenced this, the goals against have to come down. The number one way to do that is is goaltending. And as as we've seen in, I'm not just going to say the NHL. I think we can just say hockey. And pretty much has since the sport has ever existed, <laughs> that you can have a goalie who's consistently a good goalie and he keeps you in games and sometimes wins you games single-handedly. Yeah, and I and I mean I remember there was that that stat a few years ago and and. Um, you know, I know advanced stance art art for everyone, or some people choose which ones they believe or don't believe. But that, you know, Carey Price was worth something like eight wins to the Montreal Canadiens, sixteen points. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be the difference. That that's the difference between playoffs or not, or home ice advantage creeping ahead of of other teams. And we saw it in Edmonton in sixteen seventeen. Cam yep. Talbot was excellent. I he said that the, he was one of the top five goalies in the league. At the end of the year. season, I, I, I picked Cam Talbot as a team MVP. And that was the year that Connor McDavid was the league MVP. That's how important goaltending is. And I think it's really been noticed the last couple of years when Connor's been just as great and the teams have not been simply because their goaltending hasn't been good. I agree. The, the Edmonton Oilers are not going to be a playoff team without good to very good goaltending. Yeah. And anything less than that, they're not a playoff team. And the reason, and I know Koskinen's into his 30s too, but another reason I would go to Smith is just he's he's been through this before. Okay, here's a here you are opening night. There's this. Everybody's talking about this, this, this. Expectations or criticisms of the team. I just think he's been there before. I think, you know, and we've seen Smith interviewed in other markets, and you know he had that little kind of barking match at reporters last season where the goaltending was being questioned. And he basically said, uh, what are we, second overall in the league? And you're complaining about the goaltending? Like, get over yourself. He kind of came back with that. And, you know, I thought good for him. You know, mm-hmm. you know what's this? So I, don't, I don't mind an athlete saying that every once in a while if his and his teammates' performance is being questioned. So, but 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 that's, that's so much of it is what, I mean, how did, how did the New York Islanders go from really bad a couple of years ago to into the playoffs? They cut down their goals against. Mm-hmm. They and Dallas were the two best goals against teams in the NHL last season. Well, they both went to the playoffs. They both won a round. And we talked about this the other night. Who knows if Dallas wins Game 7 overtime? We might be talking about them as the Stanley Cup champions. And and they, they have, the Oilers have to have a better penalty killer killing. Yes, they have to check better and commit better to doing a lot of those things. But the the easiest way... Well, not easiest. The most direct path to reducing goals against is having solid goaltending. Yeah, and well, we saw earlier in the preseason the the Oilers gave up a, a penalty or a shorthanded goal against or a, well, a power play goal against on a bad goal on Koskinen. Uh, goal t- it, it's simple. The goaltending has to be better. And 
It is a tough decision for the coaching staff. Koskinen was here last year. He's got the contract, uh, was anointed the starter when they traded Talbot. So there's all those things there where Smith is the new guy, but at the end of the day, who gets you the win? I think that's what the coaching staff's going to sit in, in the dressing room when they decide who gives us a better chance of winning tonight in the home opener. You and I both think it's Smith. But then again, we, we watched a lot of off games for, by goaltenders here last year, so we might be biased. It, it, it's very interesting. The, uh, I mean, you are, most, a lot of teams have a definite number one. That, that's the guy. That's the starter mm-hmm. unless he gets hurt or plays extremely bad. Um, you know, there might be some teams with question marks. There might be some teams who are saying, well, there's a competition for number one, and whoever grabs it is going to play more. The Oilers have never even really said that. Dave Tippett said, I hope each guy plays 41 games and they both play well. They're going into this season with a situation where they are kind of expecting to split the starts because last year each goaltender played better when he was able to get some rest and then come back, which is, I mean, they're, they're not, I mean, obviously if one goaltender is obviously better, he'll play more but I don't think they want either of these goalies to get up to 55 or 60 starts because there's the, there's the concern they're going to wear down I mean certainly the more Koskinen played consecutively last season the worse he got mm-hmm. yeah no good points um <laughs> it just is it is amazing that through all of this Preseason and the talk about who's going to be in your bottom six and all the battles for 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 those jobs and who's going to play on Connor's line, who's going to play with R and H, which defense is going to make it, and all those are important decisions. The one that we don't talk near enough about and is by far the most important. Okay, which one is our starter? Who is the goalie that's going to get us the wins? Which one's going to come up big when the team needs a very important win to stop a a losing streak or to keep a streak alive and keep momentum going? And in all fairness, I don't know if either one in preseason gave you that indication I don't think either one had one of those nights where, you know what, he stole a preseason where he was outstanding. Well, Both of them were okay. Yeah. Both let in bad goals. Um, Smith let the bad goal in where the guy batted it out of the air a couple games ago. Uh, Koskinen let a couple goals in that we thought, you know, probably should have been stopped. So I, don't, I think the most important question about goaltending wasn't answered in the preseason, and that's why right now you and I are sitting here and, and we're getting phone calls asking us who the starter is going to be because neither one of them separated from the other. Right. And, and again, I mean, it's one game. Yeah. So, I mean, Tippett might already be thinking, well, whoever I don't play Wednesday plays play. Satur- yeah. Saturday. I mean, that may already be the penciled in plan which which so i mean it it's 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 very it's it's very interesting it's it's i don't want to say heavily unusual but it's it's a little unusual Mm -hmm. and and, um and and again i mean i i have i've been mentioning the stat all summer on my show inside sports there were there were 54 goaltenders who played enough minutes last season to qualify for the goals against stat I gotta find it now. Ne- neither Koskinen nor Smith was in the top 31, mm-hmm. so they both performed like kind of average backups. Though I mean, Smith had a pretty good end of the season. Well, after after February 1st, Smith was pretty good. No, and and this would just be throwing a question out there that I don't know if any of us would know the answer to. But how many there teams do you think in the National Hockey League right now are having a, a late night discussion about who their starter is? in game one i bet you there's very few probably teams if any yeah. yeah yeah there's probably not many if any other teams that don't know who their starter is in the first game of the season and now maybe it's just us not knowing the coaching staff may have be very adamant on who they feel should be the game day starter but i it is i've never been on a team where i've started a season where you didn't know who your number one guy was here here's the stats mike smith last season before january 31st had an 888 save percentage now he still had a winning record because calgary was a good team overall after january 31st he had a 912 he finished the season 898 that was 47th out of the 54 goalies who qualified for the stat koskinen was 906 38th out of the 54 goalies but here's another reason why i would i would lean towards smith on wednesday 
I think a bad game by Mike Smith isn't as bad as a bad game by Miko Koskinen. Because think- that was the thing with Koskinen. Man, when he was good, and I and I've, here's another stat I've gone to. His first seven appearances at Rogers Place, 7-0 and with three shutouts. Yeah. So so that that goes and fights the the other way. Throw him in the first game. I also think that you've got a now I don't think the the coaching staff or the management takes this in the consideration, but you've got a nervous fan base. Right. And opening game of the season, everybody's hopes are high. This is the year it's going to turn around. We got the best player in the world. We got the 50 goal score. We picked up some some good quick forwards that are going to change things. We got a new defenseman on the back end. But if Koskinen starts and lets in a bad goal sometime in the first five to ten minutes of, this, of the of the game, you will feel the the air be let out of Rogers. And and the, the when when a fan base in the stands all of a sudden goes oh. The bench feels that. Now I don't think they take I don't that know into consideration. Thinking about that, but, but I can tell you, uh, we will be in the press box oh, for sure. if that happens. So do you protect against that? I don't know. I think it's simple. The coaching staff has one goalie. They feel it can win them a game in game one, and they're going to go with that guy. And right. I believe they know. I believe they have one guy already picked. And here's why I think it's Mike Smith, and it's because of what Dave Tippett said about Gagne earlier today. Because Jim Matheson said, you know, Sam didn't seem to have a great game and Tippett didn't want to criticize him. He said, I know what Sam can do. He knows what Mike Smith mm-hmm. can do. Now, and I, and I know fans are going to say, well, yeah, but that's the Mike Smith he coached <laughs> you know, three or four years ago. And you know what? That's, that's a fair comeback. But I guess if you, if you put yourself in Dave Tippett's shoes, you can probably understand why he's saying that. Well, yeah, and Dave Tippett watched a lot of games last year of the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm sure the whole coaching staff watched a lot of games this summer. And they've seen the good and the bad that Koskinen has brought. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, uh, it, w- it would be Mike Smith. It would be my starter on Wednesday, and then I wouldn't have anything penciled in after Wednesday. I, I would well, be going. I'd be going day to day because you don't know how it's gonna it's gonna happen. But yeah, Mike Smith would be my starter. Well, and that's the thing. We we put so much effort into talking about the roster on opening day yeah. because we've been waiting months for hockey, and this guy was signed, and this guy was traded for, and this guy's new, and this guy's, but. Yeah, it it can all get blown up pretty quickly by really good performances or really good, uh, really bad performances. The Oilers lose 3-2 tonight in Calgary. They trailed 2-0 after 2. They tied it with goals 31 seconds apart in the third period, but then Toby Reeder got his second goal of the game, stood up as the winner for Flames. We have Maui Zach on the line. Go ahead. Hi, boys. How's it going? Good. I just uh, I, I want to start with a question here. You know how they talk about the 23-man roster, but how many guys can you actually dress for any particular game? 20. Or what do they usually dress? Yeah, the teams 20. dress 20 players, yep. Including both goalies, right? So yeah, so 18, 18, 18 skaters. skaters and two goalies, yeah. Right, right. okay. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I wanted to follow up. As I agree with Rob, that Cass might have played himself out of the top line, but the problem with that for me is then who do you who do you put up top there i you know i could i could see chase on uh he had some success last year and you know he's going to work hard and but then it leaves another hole for rnh and neil there uh your show and i agree we got a, a lot of uh i think we got a good problem with with all of these guys who really deserve to make the team but man we've still got holes on the uh, on the top two lines if we leave cast down there as well. Yeah, so, well, you're right. Uh, I, mean, there, I don't know. Yeah, there's still concerns for sure. I, I think they've put, and thanks for the call, Maui, Zach. I, I think that a lot of, I mean, obviously they're concerned about all the positions, but I think at least they feel like they have two pairs now on the top two lines. Mm, which they haven't had. That, that are going to be hopefully productive. I mean, certainly McDavid and Drysdale. You expect to be productive. If Neil bounces back, that's a that's a good right hand man for Nuge. And then it may be who's hot, who's working hard, who's uh, you know who's who's feeling it goes up to the other two lines. I, I think they're probably having more discussion though, again about who, who fills out the like we started the show with who fills out those bottom lines and is really committed to those roles and has really embraced them because again i think shane and archibald at least in terms of being those depth players who have to do grunt work i i thought they they were the best at it in the preseason 
We're going to take a quick time out for the 10.30 news. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Calgary Flames. More time for your phone calls, 780-496-0063. We'll get to some texts as well, 630-630. Overtime open line, presented by Heartland Ford. All right, you can text 630-630. Adam from Lloyd says, Hey, guys, Nurse and Larson had a bad game tonight. Did they have any good preseason games? Not a good showing for our so-called number one pairing. Uh, might they be saving it up for the regular season? Thanks, and have a good night. That is Adam. Uh, good point. Uh, they for they are the shutdown pairing, and that's what Dave Tipp and the coaching staff wants them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been some big gaffes in, in the preseason that they have made. Uh, the one game, um, Nurse Larson. pinches at the wrong time. Larson throws the puck between his legs in front of his net. Tonight, the puck giveaway in their own zone. Uh, they what were they tonight? Minus two again, and this is a shutdown pairing. They they need they their their play needs to be better, and, and they know that because they are going to be facing the best players on every team throughout the season, uh, and that again is a question mark. Uh, is the Oilers' de- defense good enough? to move forward. We, I know we talked a lot about goaltending. Uh, it wasn't good enough the last couple of years, but the, the one thing that we've seen, and Dave Tippett talked about it tonight in his press conference, is the big mistake. You know, they may, the Oilers seem to make, when they make a mistake, it is a, a, a you know, a 10-beller. It's like, the, it's huge. Yep. It's leaving a guy wide open in front for or for an open net. It's the giveaway right up the middle of the ice, the, the give up a breakaway or two-on-one. And again tonight, they, the Oilers were dominant, dominant in the third period. They deserved a better fate the way they played in the third period. They finally tie the game up, and then a, a huge gaffe in their own zone turns into... Uh, Brody walking in and, and having all the time in the world to put the puck on it, it gets deflected, but uh, it was just a mistake that didn't need to be made. And I think that's... It, 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 I know that Bob had his four things for the others to make the playoffs, and you and I just talked about improvements in net and penalty killing and stuff like that. But another one that you got to add to the list is the others have got to clean up the big mistake. Yeah. Their mistakes are going to be made. There's always going to be mistakes. The best players in the world, McDavid's, the Dreisaitl's, the Crosby's, the McKinnon's, everybody makes mistakes. But it can't be the huge mistake. It can't be the game-changing type of mistake because the Oilers too many times have made that mistake that has cost them victory. Camshaft says, on the top of the goaltending, how did Stuart Skinner perform? Uh, does he have a chance? Well, he and Wells, they split that first game, right? I'm just going back through my notes. Um, and then they did. he didn't play again. Yeah. And what happened, you know, Skinner had a great WHL career. Wells had a pretty good OHL career with, uh, with Peterborough. And they're both Oilers draft pick, but they have been passed by Shane Sterrett, mm-hmm. who a couple of years ago when I met him at the rookie tournament in Penticton, he's kind of like, okay, he's an NCAA guy they're taking a chance on. And for the moment, he's passed them on the goaltending depth chart. I, we'll see where Skinner... Well, they, they were pretty excited to get Skinner and Wells. They also have Olivier Rodrigue, Rod, Rod who's going to be in the queue, and they drafted Ilya Konovalov out of the KHL, who I think has had a poor start to this. He was placed for the team that... Yeah, uh, McTavish. He got fired from coaching. So... That that's how the goaltending looks. So I guess right now you'd put Skinner, Skinner Wells, I guess competing for four or five in the organization. Yeah, I mean, we'll put it this way: I know very little about either one of them because they are not on the Edmonton Oilers' radar right now. So neither one is going to see any ice time with the Edmonton Oilers. If they do, things have gone terribly wrong with the Edmonton Oilers season if we see either one of them remotely close to the Edmonton Oilers bench. Uh, this texter says goals against for the New York Islanders was goaltending but also trots. Well, that's oh, fair. absolutely. And, and, and the Oilers are hoping Tippett somehow has that yep. impact. With no, the, that's a great that's, point. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. That's why he was coach of the year. Yep. yep. He was, wasn't he coach of the year, trots? But the goaltending, goaltending has made a lot of good coaches look pretty good too. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's a, I, and, I'm not being, trying to oh, be sassy and, with that texture, but it's no, no, know. it's true. And and bad goaltending's made a lot of good coaches look poor. I mean, look, Ken Hitchcock had some really good teams in St. Louis that never got past the first round because their goaltending was terrible. So Trotz is a big reason that the goaltending 
was better in, or the goals against was better in the island, but so were the two goaltenders that went there and played very well. Uh, this texter says, hey guys, do you think Sam Gagne gets sent down? No. I don't think he gets sent down. I think there could be nights where, you know, maybe he's a scratch. Yep. I, I think he, uh, he's a player I could see all over the lineup. Mm-hmm. Top six, bottom six, maybe some nights you say, Sam, other guys are going, you're not. You've I agree. to be a good veteran and, and watch tonight. And that's when, when Dave Tippett said, I know what Sam Kanye gives us. And, right. I, and then I didn't, I didn't see that as a great or poor thing. It's they know what he is. And he's not going to be more than he is. He's not going to be less. And I think he will be a guy that his ice time can go from anywhere from press box to 18 minutes, depending on the that's, circumstances. That's a good way to put it. All right, 780-496-0063 if you want to call as well. The Oilers lose 3-2 to the Calgary Flames. I want to take a quick look at the scoreboard. The Edmonton Eskimos finally snapped their four-game losing streak, winning in Ottawa 21-16. They are 7-7 seven and seven on the season. Saskatchewan pounds Toronto 41-16. BC leading Montreal 25-23 with about six minutes left. Canada West hockey tonight. The Golden Bears win 5-0 at UBC. Canada West football. The U of A Golden Bears are 4-1. They've won four in a row. They beat UBC 40-20. They outscored UBC 23-0 in the fourth quarter. Pretty good. Right now in that football game, well, there was a, they went for the two-point try afterwards. Is that what it's still called, a two-point or two conversion? Point yeah. yeah, and they say he dropped the ball. They had to go to instant replay. So Montreal had a two-point convert to tie. Okay. Yes. So BC's still up. I st- I think they the guy just waved it off if, the referee. If BC were to lose this game, then Edmonton, it would no longer be possible for BC to pass the Eskimos. So then Edmonton would just have to be assured of finishing ahead of Ottawa to make the playoffs, and they only need one win or one Ottawa loss for that to happen. Ducks beat the Coyotes 2-1. Bruins over the Blackhawks 8-2. Sabres beat the Penguins 3-2. Stars drop the Avs 4-3 in a shootout. Maple Leafs blank Detroit 5-zip in a shootout. Panthers won. Lightning nothing. Islanders beat the Rangers 4-2. And Canadians beat the Senators 4-3. Oil Kings at home tomorrow. 4 o'clock Rogers place against Lethbridge. 780-496-0063. We have Jerry on the line. Jerry, go ahead. Hi, Reed. Hey. So I was at the game tonight, and I'm still in Calgary. I'm at my mom's house. I live in Red Deer. Okay. But, uh, uh, like, Haas got a gold night. But uh, Yurko didn't look as dominant as he did last game. That kind of breaks my heart a little. Like, I really had really high hopes. I, I still do. I, I don't think Yurcho is going to be dominant. You don't um, think he'll be a top six that Robbie right? Well, I, I, I hope he is. I, but I, I don't think dominant is a word that you're going to say about Yurcho, though. I think he's a guy that could be a complimentary player that has some good nights. I mean, he's a guy that has not shown consistency because of right. both inconsistent play and injuries. Um, yeah. I, I would keep him. He'd be on my starting roster, and I would give him a shot in the top six. Um, but he, he was—he was. I thought he was okay tonight. And the, I always listen to what Dave Tippett says after the game. And when they asked about him, he said he wasn't very good. But right away said, but he has been very good. To me, that's a positive sign. Saying, you know what, he wasn't as great as we'd seen him before. But we also know what he's capable of. So I believe he'll be here to start the season. And I'd have him in my top six in the first game. And, and you guys, you guys got gags take. Uh, like like in on the top fourteen, I don't think he's gonna make it. I think I don't think he's gonna make it. He'll be here. Make, I think he'll make yeah. the top fourteen. Yeah, you do, eh? Yeah. And did Haas do any good for himself tonight? Or I know he scored and everything, but like, I did. Uh, Here's the thing with Haas: they can send him down without him being claimed. I don't. And he'll go. He'll go. He will as long as it's short term. He won't play. I, he will not play the entire year in the American Hockey League. He'll go back to huh. Europe. I would. He'll do a stint. Here's here's my guess, and it's just a, a guess. I think Haas will be sent down. I think they will send him out down, telling him, you know what, you still need to work on playing in the smaller rink. We want you to get down there, play, you know, 18 to 20 minutes uh, in the American Hockey League level, learning the game at the. North American style arena, North American style game, and then we will make a decision in three weeks, four weeks, or possibly earlier. But I believe Haas will be sent down to try and help him move along quicker in his 
in his adapting uh, of playing on a smaller arena. All right, Oilers win it 3-2. we got to call a quick timeout. We'll get to Kevin when we get back. This is Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Calgary Flames. Haas and Cassian scoring for the Oilers. You'll never believe it. Reader with two, Lucic with one for the Flames. David Riddick, the winning goaltender tonight, winds up making 26 saves on 28 shots. Koskinen takes the loss, 19 saves on 22 shots. Zach Cassian had five grade A scoring chances tonight. He finally scored on the fifth one. Yeah, he played very well. He created with his speed, got to the right areas. Uh, he was excellent. He was by far the Oilers' best player. Actually, probably the best player in the game. I, I thought it was a good game for, for Zach, and uh, hopefully he has confidence going into uh, the regular season. He had a career year last year. Hopefully he's able to improve on that. Brad says, who would you play opening night, Cave or Haas? Well, we think Haas might get assigned. I, I think, yeah, I, I think Haas is going to get sent to the minors. I would play, well, I'd play Cave, obviously, if, if I'm trying to think if there's any other options, but... No, I'd be Cave. Cave's been, right. Cave's been good in the preseason. All right, we have Kevin on line two. Go ahead. Hi, Reed. How's it going? Good. Um, I was just wondering if the Oilers ever made a bid to get Tyler Ennis for a third-line center. I'll just hang up and listen to you guys uh, discuss it. Thanks. I, I don't think they did. He signed with Ottawa right on July 1st. Uh, he got an $800,000 contract. Uh, I think he plays wing, too, doesn't he? Pretty sure Tyler Ennis is a left winger. Yeah, and he's a small, small little guy. He's talented. He's had he's had success in uh, 51 games last season for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know if he would have necessarily been on Ken Holland's radar. No, I don't think so either. All right, let's go. Oh, is that a blocked field goal? Yeah, BC trying a field goal to go up five, and uh, Montreal blocks it. So they'll probably get the ball here and have a chance to drive to go ahead. Minute 53 left. BC's up two. Let's go back to Calgary. Here's Joachim Nygaard. Joachim, obviously not the result you guys wanted, but you made a couple of big plays with a couple of assists. Maybe talk about your personal performance before we digest the the team performance. Uh, Pretty good, I think. I think the third period was was pretty good. Created created some passes and uh, our line scored two goals. But uh, tough loss. Now, you guys were only able to muster three shots in the first period and then only six in the second, I believe. Was it just a case of the offense not coming ready to play or coming out of the gate strong? I think we we came on, came in, in in their zone pretty good, but we, we like to look for passes all the time. It's, uh, we talked about it after the first period. We have to take the shots and take it from there. So I think we did it... Uh, a little bit better in the third, but uh, we have to shoot shoot more. The best you've played in the preseason, though, yourself? Uh, yeah, obviously, I, I did two points, so I guess so. But I think uh, the first and second period wasn't that good for my side, I think. The third was a little bit better, but I know I, know I can perform better, too. All right, that is Joachim uh, no- Nygaard. Two assists tonight. He he is fast. I think that's going to be enough for him to be at least on the opening day uh, roster. We'll see whether or not he actually plays. Martin says, in my opinion, Gagne is on the team. Now, I can't say this as well as I- Alan Iverson. We talk in practice. <laughs> New baby girl, he gets a pass in my book. Well, I'm glad Martin brought that up. I mean, Gagne said some other things to deal with during the preseason as well. Yeah, no, I, I believe he's here. Um, I don't know if uh, he's a an everyday top six player for the Edmonton Oilers and probably isn't, but yeah, he's here. Let's go back to Calgary here, Sam. What you guys wanted, you guys got a little bit of offense going in the third period, two goals, 31 seconds apart, but three shots in the first period. Was it just a case of the offense not being able to generate some, some chances early? Yeah, I mean, I thought we showed a good fight getting back into it. Um, but, yeah, it was just kind of one of those games uh, in the middle of it where, uh, you know, we couldn't find a way to generate anything. And, uh, you know, I think it's important for us to continue to push forward. And um, you know, I thought we did a good job of that in the third, come back and tie in it and just kind of let it slip away there. 13 more shots in the final frame compared to the first frame. What allowed your guys' offense to maybe take off a little bit more and maybe get in a little bit more of a rhythm? I think once you get one, it just kind of fuels your offense. And, um, you know, I uh, thought we did a good job of that in the, the final frame. And, 
got our chances, uh, you know, weren't able to equalize at the end there. Now, how does the team maybe digest this loss a little bit and maybe take some learnings uh, heading into opening week next week? Yeah, you just got to keep building. Um, made, made some mistakes, but, uh, you know, I thought we built as, as the uh, preseason went on. And, you know, now it's time, uh, you know, to play for real. So uh, excited about that. When it's the exhibition season is wearing down yourself and all the other players, are you starting to look, okay, now the season's starting, so have I made the team? Or, or how do you look at it? You're a veteran. The European guys coming along. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's always in the back of your mind, um, you know, how everything is going to fit. Uh, you try and just play and block that out and do your best to put your front, best foot forward and, and, and help the team. So, um, just play. Um, you know, I think any time you get a chance to, to be in the lineup, it's an opportunity to kind of just play and not think too much about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, now that uh, the games are over, it's kind of, uh, it's all shaken out now. And, um, you know, just uh, once the regular season starts, yeah, yeah. You just uh, keep pushing forward. All right, there's Sam Gagne as the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Calgary Flames. He, he kind of touched on it there. The, the second period was the Flames' best period, the Oilers' worst. I thought even though Calgary outshot Edmonton 9-3 in the first, Edmonton shot wide on a lot of shots, and Tip referenced that. you mm-hmm. got to hit the net on some of your chances. Well, in Calgary, I think they had a power player too in the first period where they created most of their opportunities. But zone time, the Oilers were the stronger team. I thought this was a, and it was a loss, but it was a good game by the Edmonton Oilers based on the two lineups that were in the lineup tonight. Uh, I thought the Oilers came and, and played well. They worked hard. They outplayed the, uh, the the Calgary Flames in most aspects of the game. So I think they got to feel good about themselves. And I think that the players, there was a number of players that wanted to prove themselves one last time. And some guys stepped up tonight that gives the coaches and the, the general manager a Uh, a little bit more to think on before they make their final decisions. All right, we will uh, see how this shakes down. The Oilers are off tomorrow, back at practice on Monday. The season opener, the home opener, is Wednesday night. We have it for you on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 6, and the game will start at 8. So the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Flames. Eskimos win 21-16 in Ottawa. More on both teams on 6.30ched.com. Thanks to our studio producer this evening, the one and only Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Overtime Open Line, presented by Heartland Ford. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.